happy Monday or whatever day that you are listening to this too. Today I want to talk about who you are. Who are you? I mean, really the essence of you. Do you believe that your soul is you? Do you believe that your heart is you? Or if you're like me, I've always felt like my brain is me, who I really am. So all of the thoughts that I've had all through my life, all of those I've attributed to being me, that's who I was. If I had a thought that was part of me and who who I was and what my identity was, does that make sense? Here's an example. I walk into a room and let's say I don't know anyone and I have a thought that I feel awkward or shy or that I'm not sure where to go or what to do or what to say. All of that stuff that my brain offers up, I've always attributed to me, who I am. I am shy. I am awkward. I don't know what to say. In other words, I believe my brain. I believe all of those thoughts. It's selling it to me and it's getting me to buy in because it has me believing that I am my brain. I'm the one who's thinking those thoughts. So why wouldn't I believe myself? So let's just consider for a second that my brain is not me. It's a separate entity that lives inside of me and it intends to keep me safe. But the fact is, I'm not always in danger, not in the way that my brain wants me to believe. If we go back to the caveman days, it was really important to listen to those danger warnings. Stay in the cave. Don't go out alone. Don't risk losing the group's approval. Being alone meant sure demise by a saber-toothed tiger. You need to be safe and You needed to be part of the group at all costs. However, times have changed since then, but no one's told your brain. It still tends to react when there is any perceived danger of being outed from the group. But in our world today, that can mean that someone disagrees with you or someone doesn't like your choice or someone else's simply just thinking something about you. Um, They don't like or comment on your post. You get the idea. These things are certainly not any kind of emergency situations or they're not life or death situations, but there's a reason why your brain is hitting the panic button and then corresponding anxieties those feelings come up. It's a biological response that comes up from what your brain is saying is essentially a fight or flight situation. So what does all this have to do with you right now and your life, your goals, your happiness? Let's say that you are your true essence. So your soul, your heart, something that's disconnected from your brain. And your brain is that overprotective bodyguard that was just assigned to you. It sometimes acts like a toddler. And we will talk a lot more about that in all of these podcast episodes. Sometimes it just wants what it wants in the moment. And it can be very manipulative to try and get its way. But you have some true desires and things that you want in your life. And 
this will always come into conflict with your brain if it's something different than what you have right now. And why? Simply because it's change. And maybe it's good change, maybe the best kind of change. But guess what your brain thinks about change? It doesn't like it one bit. It's always going to steer you away from change because what feels safe is to stay the same and to stay consistent and just stay the course. So how to deal with your brain's excuses? First, you have to recognize them for what they are. Excuses and well-intended reasons for you to stay safe so that you can survive. But becoming aware of them is the first step in not falling for them. Let me give you an example. And I'm going to use weight loss for this example. But if that doesn't apply to you, that's okay. Just replace it with some other goal that you have for yourself, but maybe you've been procrastinating on it or maybe you just haven't even been really trying to achieve it, you just might think that it's something that you can't have yet. So if I didn't do well on my food plan last week, what I am naturally as a human with a human brain, and maybe you can relate to this, what I'm going to do is to defend myself. And my brain is going to tell me all the reasons why I just couldn't follow my food plan last week and why it's not my fault. That's the other thing about the brain. It never wants to be wrong. It wants you to trust it and depend on it and always listen to it. So it will defend itself to the death. So tell me if any of these sound familiar. I didn't follow my food plan because it was a stressful week You know, my mom made that lasagna that I really like. I didn't know that she was going to bring that over. Um, We maybe because we had a couple of dinners out, so it just wasn't a good week to do it. I didn't have time to meal plan or I just didn't have the money this week to buy enough healthy foods or I forgot to pack a lunch and ran out of time. So I had to go through the drive through. Any of those sound familiar? If not, you know which ones your brain happens to offer you. And the thing is, they seem really true and factual and indisputable. But what if you could prove to yourself that they're all just magic tricks of the brain, false truths like a magician might show you, but it's really just a sleight of hand because it's supposed to be evidence that you are in the right, you are blameless. But there is evidence that there are excuses if you just look at them from another perspective. So just like if you look at the magician from another perspective, let's say you stand behind him and look over his shoulder, everything will seem a whole lot different because you'll see what he is actually doing from that perspective. So here is the other perspective in weight loss. It comes down to eating less food, right? Not eating emotionally, not choosing the foods that make you gain weight, but actually doing less, not doing more. The act of not putting food into your mouth 
is what it takes to lose weight. So when I work with my weight loss clients, we learn about the hormones that affect your hunger and your fullness and how you can actually condition your hormones to work for you by what you eat, when you eat, and how much you eat. So the act of drinking water and eating vegetables is something that you want to do, but mostly it's going to be the act of not eating this or not eating at this time or not eating this much. But we somehow believe our brains that if we are busy or stressed or less organized or planned, that we can't do this act of doing less. But let's relate it to something else. And then you'll see how this thought just really doesn't make sense or hold water. Let's say our case study decides that she wants to quit smoking. And instead of smoking, you can pick another habit that relates to you, something that you would want to or need to stop. So maybe you want to pick I don't know, picking your scalp or procrastinating or, or drinking or over-drinking or self-shaming. You can pick whatever you want for this example. But let's say our case studies doctor gave her a diagnosis and she was told to completely stop smoking immediately. So she goes back to her next doctor appointment and tries saying the things that our brain told us for weight loss. I didn't have time to not smoke. I didn't pre-plan enough to not smoke. I didn't have money for gum this week. Or my friends came over. Or I had stress at work. I had to go to a place where other people were smoking. It just wasn't a good time. Now, you might be able to see these in a little bit different light when you look from the outside at someone else like this. Or the excuses that come up might sound a little different when it's a habit that you want to stop. When it comes to weight loss, sometimes we think of it as something we need to start doing or to add into our life or onto our to-do list instead of just something to not do anymore, to not overeat or not follow our habitual eating pattern that we have or to not eat when you have a feeling anymore or when the clock says to eat instead of when you have hunger. When we start looking at at it as something to stop doing, then some of our brain's trickery or excuses might be able to be seen as something that our brain is just offering to us to fool us into believing that we need to do these things to feel safe. So what's the solution? What can we do to hack our brain and accomplish our goal? Like I said, first, it's the awareness. This is really half the battle. When you are stressed and your brain says, go grab a granola bar or a cookie or a piece of cake or some leftovers, whatever it is, I promise to give you a hit of dopamine and make you feel comforted and satisfied and to help you be distracted from that feeling of stress, then you can be aware that you just have a feeling of stress and it's just a feeling and a feeling only and that you are actually safe and not in a state of danger and it's not something that has to be fixed. It's your brain's job 
to tell you otherwise and to tell you to do things to stay the same or to do your habitual things to keep you safe, which really all boils down to just keeping you the same. So once you're aware of this, then you can act on it with a different part of your brain. So the prefrontal cortex is that part of your brain that can do the pre-planning and it can be the part that can be in control for you rather than your amygdala, which is that fight or flight response part of your brain. You can answer that excuse of eat because you feel stress in our example with I hear you, brain. I understand you want to keep me safe, but I am safe. I can breathe. I can feel my feet on the floor. I can touch and feel my fingertips. I am safe. And I am not eating right now. I can wait until I'm hungry. It's an old habit to eat because of this feeling of stress. That's what I used to do but it's just a feeling. You can even name and describe the feeling. Something like it's a small blue pulsating feeling and it's right in the front of my chest and it feels like it's pulsing or whatever that feeling feels like for you. If you really sit down and quiet yourself and just feel that feeling for a minute and doing that will actually help you to move through it. But distracting yourself with food or TV, alcohol, social media, complaining, procrastinating, or one of all of the other things that you might do to buffer that feeling. We'll just keep that feeling stuck there. Ignoring it doesn't help us to work through it and pass those feelings. And there's so much more to talk about all about the feelings and how to process the feelings. But for this podcast, if you can just take away the message that your brain is a trickster, that you can separate the you, the real essence of who you really are from that amygdala part of your brain, and that you can take back some of the control in your life and move away from all of those habitual responses that your brain wants you to follow so that you can just stay on autopilot and avoid any change in your life. The exciting part of our lives to me is that you can change. You have the capacity to change and you get to decide in what kind of fun and appealing ways to you that you would like to change. And then you plan and you just go for it. So have fun this week planning your unique ideas for yourself and have a great week. Love you all and bye for now. 